From the wheat fields of the Thumb to the cherry trees on the Third Coast, Michigan grows more than 300 different foods and products that we all enjoy every day. We're on a mission to find every local restaurant, manufacturer, and food company sourcing their ingredients right here in the mitten. And in the process, bridge the gap between the farm and your fork. We want to introduce you to all things Michigan agriculture and food. This is Michigan AF. The Michigan Agriculture and Food Podcast is committed to telling the story of Michigan food and products, including those who grow it, make it, distribute it, and of course, eat it. We also need to acknowledge how the economy and other factors impact the foods we love. Inflation has caused the price of food to rise over 10% in the last year. So we've invited George Quackenbush, the executive director of the Michigan Beef Industry Commission, to talk about what those factors are impacting the prices, how it's affecting farmers, and what families can do to stretch their dollar at the grocery store. Welcome to the podcast, George. Thank you, Noel. I appreciate the opportunity and happy to be here. Yeah. So before we get into this and talk about the rising cost of food, can you just share with us what the Michigan Beef Industry Commission does and your role there? Sure. Uh, So I'm the executive director for the Michigan Beef Industry Commission, and we are essentially the beef industry's self-help program here in the state of Michigan. We are are funded through uh, by beef producers when they sell their cattle through what's called a checkoff program. So every time Uh, A farmer rancher here in the state of Michigan sells their cattle. Uh, We collect $1 per head, the dollar per head beef checkoff that is used uh, to promote beef, to uh, do research uh, on on the beef industry and the consumer so we can do a better job of meeting the consumer's needs as it relates to to beef. Um, And just really responding to consumers' questions and being the advocate for the the farmer and rancher. So um, our mission is to build consumer demand for beef. Uh, by by growing consumer trust and promoting the value of beef. And so that's what we try to do um, uh, every day here for farmers across the state. That's great. And it's just so important that not only, you know, that you're working on behalf of the farmer, but that also you're you're providing with the consumers that kind of knowledge base and helping them be more informed about where their food comes from. Right. Yeah. We, you know, the consumer... Um, our livelihood in the beef industry, our farmers, our ranchers depends upon the consumer choosing beef. And so we want that consumer to be comfortable with our product and, and have a place to go to be able to get their questions answered and, and feel confident in that. So um, for sure, we're we're pl- pleased to be working on behalf of our farmers uh, every day here. Great. So as I mentioned a little bit ago, the price of food has gone up about 10%, a little more than that over 2021. What are some of the factors that have led to that increase? So I like how you asked the question, Noel, because it's it's multiple factors, right? And I think we all realize in this day and age that we're we're in a global economy, a global world. So, you know, things that happen around the world can really impact us here. Um, you know, one of the major factors we think about um, the war uh, between Russia and the Ukraine, um, you know, that part of the of the world, that's really Europe's breadbasket, right? So there's there's a massive amount of grain that's produced in that area. Um, when you think of Russia, you're also thinking about fuels. Uh, and for us in agriculture, we're also thinking about fertilizers. And so, um, you know, when, when there's a disruption like that, that impacts the ability of those uh, those products to move those commodities, 
to move around the world, that can impact farmers all over the world and ultimately impact our consumers all over the world, right? So it's kind of a trickle-down effect um, from, from that regard. With higher fuel costs, um, you know, we have higher transportation costs. So we've all experienced that in our own households, uh, but farmers do as well um, with, with, you know, the cost of getting their inputs, the fertilizer, these kinds of things. Fertilizer is another example. Um, and, and so the costs of everything that they use to raise food, um, raise our cattle, in our case, uh, to grow our crops has gone up. And, uh, you know, and then coming out of the pandemic, wages are higher as well uh, across the board. Those in, uh, increase the cost for, uh, for food production as well at every level, whether it's, um, you know, picking produce in fields or whether it's working in a, some kind of a processing, food processing plant, um, that all uh, impacts the price of food as well. And, and we've seen weather events in the U.S., the Western U.S. has been dealing with drought. Um, you know, around the world, we see weather events that impact different parts of the, uh, of the, of the globe. And then that can impact uh, the production of food in those areas, too. So it's a really a, a myriad of factors. Yeah, I think it's just really important to note that <clears throat> farmers aren't isolated from, you know, from some of these challenges as well. And that, you know, when when these costs are changing for for those of us as consumers, it's also impacting farmers and their ability to produce as well. Right. Yeah, it, it sure is. And so, you know, when you think about those costs going up, um, you know, really as a farmer, everything that you're doing costs more. And so from a from a farmer standpoint, you know, you hope that the price that you receive for the for your product keeps up with those costs that have gone up that you, you know, you, that your inputs. Um, you know, most of us in agriculture are, are price takers, right? We don't have the luxury of being able to set our price. Um, we're really dependent upon, you know, what someone else is going to uh, offer us for, for our commodity. And so, you know, from a, like I said, for a farm production standpoint, you're, you may be handling a lot more dollars. Um, you're paying more, you may be receiving more, but at the end of the day, what you're taking, what you're, what you're the part, the part that you keep may or may not be any, <laughs> any larger. And, and quite often we're told that it, we hear that it's, that it's, it's smaller in fact. And so, um, so, you know, be, managing your risk becomes really important and really managing, uh, you know, your resources uh, and making smart decisions in terms of, of, of what those costs are that you um, need to, need to uh, incur right now versus what can be put off and those kinds of things, um, you know, are, are considerations that farmers have all the time. Yeah. And I like how you said that kind of managing the risks and and managing, you know, the resources. So, you know, when it comes to farmers and specifically beef, far beef farmers, what kinds of things are they doing right now to keep their costs as low as possible? Well, to the extent possible, you know, you try to manage your uh, production methods to match your environment and maybe better match your environment or match the available um, resources or feed, for, let's say, from a, from a beef cattle standpoint that you might have. In, in the beef industry or for beef producers, you know, that we've, we're, our industry is kind of segmented. So cattle kind of flow through the, through the process. When you think about cow-calf uh, farms or ranches and then uh, cattle that eventually move into, uh, into a feedlot, you know, for cow-calf producers, it's all about maximizing grazing days because 
it typically a cow is going to be able to harvest her own feed cheaper than we're able to harvest it and haul it to her. And so that's something that farmers have really, really been working on uh, forever. But, but you see that more and more um, when, when we're in a period of high costs, high input costs. And, you know, for, for a farm, uh, you know, grain costs and stuff like that, if you're raising livestock, that's your inputs. That, and so if we can raise those animals longer on forage, um, we were seeing that uh, happen quite a bit. And then if you think about those animals that might move into the feedlot um, as, they, as they mature and, and reach the market weight, um, cattle feeders are, are looking a lot of times at, at placing a larger animal that doesn't require quite as much inputs, um, doesn't require quite as much, uh, quite as long of time in the feedlot. And so, um, so those are just a couple examples of things that, uh, that, that the cattle producers are doing. You know, in the reality, though, of it is, especially for cattle production and beef production, it's a long-term investment. And there's, there's really some limits, um, limited options in terms of when you have livestock uh, of what you can do. You, you know, just because the price, price of feed goes up doesn't mean that you can't feed the animals. You know, you're, you're still responsible for, um, uh, for, for their care and their well-being and as uh, as any of us would be. So, and, and not only that, but a, a lot of farmers uh, have really spent decades investing in the genetics of their herds and stuff and, you know, like that to, and in the quality of their animals to be able to produce a really high quality product. Um, and that's paying off. I mean, we're seeing, uh, we're producing more high quality beef today than we ever have before. Um, but, so, so there's a reluctance, you know, to and, and really inability to just shift. Um, unfortunately, we have seen, like I mentioned in the West, where uh, it's been really dry and affected by drought. Uh, some ranches have to make that tough decision to cull herds. But um, fortunately, in Michigan here, we've, we've not been impacted that way. And knock on wood, we, we won't see that happen here in our state. That's definitely hope not. So can you talk to us a little bit about um, how this all impacts the price tag that the consumer sees when they buy meat at the store? How is that price set? So it's kind of it's kind of back to economics 101, really. Um, it's supply and demand, right? Um, that's that's how the price of all our commodity, commodities, all our food is set in one way or another. But there's an infinite number of factors that can impact that relationship between supply and demand and, and set our price. Um, on the supply side for beef, as I mentioned, beef production, it remains high. Um, you know, the, and the entire industry is really focused on, on working diligently to provide that consumer with, uh, with, with the high quality beef that they demand. The good news for consumers here in recent months is that we've actually seen a bit of a decline in beef prices. Um, certainly if you look back compared to 2021, um, beef prices are about 3% higher compared to 2020. I think Noel, you mentioned uh, 10%, you'll, you'll see that. But if you compare uh, like our June, June beef prices to May uh, or even earlier in the year, we're, we're down, uh, beef prices are down about 2.3%. So we've kind of um, uh, crested the, the hurdle, if you will, a little bit on 
on beef. But again, it's it's supply and demand. Um, we're enjoying really strong demand for beef because consumers love beef. They they value the protein that it provides and the eating experience that it provides. And as I mentioned, um, the quality is has never been as good as it is now. Eighty percent of beef is grading choice or prime. So that's uh, just a a testament to the investment that the industry has made in in the product and in improving the eating experience and improving improving the product. Um, but we've and, and their consumers have responded with, um, with with strong demand for that product. So um, hopefully that helps break it down a little bit. On, yeah, on I think so. Price. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if a consumer is, you know, I think that it's great that we're seeing beef is starting to come down. But I think, you know, overall, we're still seeing, you know, we're spending more at the grocery store. I feel like when I go to the grocery store, I'm definitely seeing a higher uh, a higher receipt than normal. So what are some right. ways that consumers can stick to a budget and still enjoy that, you know, high quality beef from Michigan farmers? Sure. So one one thing in particular, I think this is a little bit of common sense, but really try to shop the ads. You know, um, your your retailers all have their store circulars, or you can. It's easy to do on your phone um, if you're if you're uh, using their apps these days. Um, a little secret that that um, a lot of people don't realize is that retailers will often put prices on. Uh, proteins and beef in particular, um, certainly around certain holidays, but they'll actually have a, a, a what we call a loss leader sometimes, a price that's at where, where they're actually losing money on the product, on, on that product, because it drives it it drives store traffic. And so it brings people into the store. And then of course they make make up make up the difference with everything else that everybody um, everybody purchases. So if you're coming in to buy the burgers, or the steaks, you're going to buy the salad and the condiments and what have you um, as well. But so that's that's a great way to just economize that way. Um, one thing that I that I would suggest is that on uh, one of our industry websites, beefitswhatsfordinner.com, there's a search function where if you have a cut of meat, maybe some vegetables, you can type in the ingredients that you have. Just what's in your pantry or what's in your refrigerator, and it will bring up recipes for you that you can cook with those uh, with those items. And so, I think that's a great way to stick with a, within a budget too, because you're actually finding recipes uh, and creating dinner with the items that you already have uh, in your home. So, um, so that's th- those are two suggestions. Um, another thing that you can do is is look at buying in bulk. Um, we have a uh, uh, the, the term that we've used often is called slice and save. So if you're if you're looking to do a dinner or, or entertain folks and you want some steaks, um, you could look at purchasing a whole strip loin or a whole sirloin, for instance, and slicing that yourself uh, and save yourself quite a bit of money that way. A little larger investment up front, um, but then you can you can store uh, either store those those steaks and uh Ziploc freezer bags or what have you, or, you know, or use it if you're entertaining for a uh, larger group. And, uh, and the other thing that, that we can talk about is um, buying direct from, uh, from Michigan farmers too. Yeah. I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So a couple different ways that consumers can go about that. 
um, is one is to check in at their local farmer's market. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of beef producers across the state are marketing their beef at a local farmer's market. Uh, and you may be able to, to purchase just a, a few cuts that way um, at a local market, basically, a, you know, an outdoor retail setting uh, from that standpoint. Another thing that is common is what we call freezer beef, where you where consumers actually build a relationship with a farmer um, and are able to purchase like a half or a quarter or sometimes even an eighth uh, of the animal itself, of the side of beef. Um, and they can have that processed how they choose. And so um, if, you, if, if consumers are looking to pursue that option, um, we'd encourage them to... Uh, uh, to, to have those conversations with a local farmer that, that they might be aware of. They can also reach out to us, um, contact us at, uh, is a link on mibeef.org is the Michigan Beef Industry Commission website. And we'll be happy to try to put them in touch with a farmer in their area that we're aware of uh, that markets their beef that way. Uh, and that's really the best of both worlds um, in a lot of ways, because you're economizing uh, by by purchasing that portion of the side of beef and you get to process, you have it processed and packaged uh, how you'd prefer. So um, that's an option as well. Uh, but it, as far as for pursuing uh, purchasing beef at a, a retail store, another th important thing to keep in mind is that you can oftentimes swap out uh, different types of steaks and not lose, uh, really not lose out on quality, but you can find a lower price point that maybe meets your budget. So we like to think of, um, you know, that there's a, there's a stake for every budget. And so just as an example, um, if you, if you're looking maybe at ribeye steaks, um, a couple options to swap out might be a chuck eye steak or, or a strip steak even, um, or, if, if you maybe had been considering tenderloins, uh, you could look at a sirloin filet or a strip loin filet. Um, these are just different, just different options. Um, we, and we've, one of my favorites is a flat iron steak, which is a steak out of the chuck. And uh, again, that's not an area that's traditionally been cut in the steak, but a really fantastic uh, eating experience from the flat iron. So um, just a couple ideas there as well. That's great. And so you mentioned Beef It's What's for Dinner, and you mentioned your website at mibeef.org. Where are some other places that consumers could find uh, more information about making smart beef buying decisions? So uh, on the Beef It's What's for Dinner.com website, there's a, uh, there's a great link there, uh, kind of um, section of resources called Beef on a Budget. And um, easiest thing to do is just to go to beef. It's what's for dinner.com and in the search function type beef on a budget, and it'll bring up the page for you, but there's budget friendly recipes linked there. There's, uh, ideas for how you might use leftovers. If you're doing a roast, for instance, or something like that, and, and ideas for other meals, sometimes we call those planned overs, right? Because I do that. We do that in our household all the time. We, we want to make, we make supper, but we plan that we're going to have leftovers for lunch for a day or two. Absolutely. Um, uh, so different ideas uh, along those lines. Uh, there's a section that lists the more affordable cuts, some of those that I, that I mentioned. And then um, also the, uh, 
there's some graphics there for simple, what we call simple stake swaps. So like I mentioned, the, the chuck eye might be a, uh, a substitute for a ribeye. You can look at the, the strip steak or the, uh, or the top sirloin steak, for instance, as a, as a substitute for different fillets or, or strips or T-bone even. So um, I encourage folks to go there and, and check out the resources available as well. Great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. I think it's been very important. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share from Michigan Bee Farmers? Sure. Well, I just, one thing that that I think is really unique about cattle production and beef production is how it, how well it's suited to such a vast uh, variety of different environments, different climates. Uh, we raise cattle all over the globe, right? And uh, and that's what's really unique um, about cattle, in addition to their ability to use different forages uh, to con- and convert it into high-quality protein. So cattle are, you know, really masters at adapting to their environment and, and utilizing the resources that are there uh, to create a product that um, is higher in protein, higher in nutritional value, uh, and and do that in a way that, that, that is responsible um, use of those resources as well as uh, good for the environment as well. So um, cattle farmers, ranchers are going to continue to do that. We're committed to, to supplying consumers with high quality beef and an abundant supply of it. Um, and so, so consumers can be confident in that. Uh, and we want to make sure that they know that the beef is going to be available, um, is available for them to enjoy. And so um, we just appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to speak on behalf of the industry here and share a little bit about about cattle production and uh, hopefully give consumers some tools that they can use in their uh, in their homes. Great. Well, we appreciate you joining us again and sharing this information on this topic and and just helping uh, consumers stretch their budget while they enjoy their enjoy their favorite foods like beef. Fantastic. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Noel. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Michigan's farmers' top priority is providing nutritious, quality foods and products to your family, even in tough economic times. As always, thank you for listening and come back soon to explore more food, drinks, and people that are Michigan AF. The Michigan AF podcast is a project of the Michigan Ag Council and the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great campaign. We are a coalition of farmers and agribusinesses committed to providing the best possible foods and products for our neighbors, communities, and the state we all love. To hear more podcasts and to learn about Michigan's agriculture-diverse sector, visit michigangrown.org.